Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here's your host, David Shong. Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine and shocked to life by Reliant Lithium Batteries. I am David Shong, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the AC Insider himself, Kenneth Grover. Uh, week number two, but I guess, well, of the year for the both of us, but how was your weekend, KG? I know that it sounded like you were... Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if it's warm. It definitely would seem a lot warmer for me compared to, I guess, a lot of you Southerners. But I know you were out on the water this weekend, uh, getting the lines wet, kind of getting ready for the upcoming tournament season. You know, warm is relative. It just depends on what you're trying to compare it to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I yeah, I got out Saturday. I didn't get out, you know, real early Saturday. It wasn't too bad. It was in the 40s most of the day. Uh, a little bit windy, but... Um, it, it wasn't too bad um, down on Smith Lake. So that's a lake that you can kind of get out of it. It, it doesn't really bother you too bad. So um, kind of an enjoyable day. It's good to kind of get back back on the water. And hopefully it's kind of a start of uh, doing that more consistent. We've got a lot going on here coming up. We've had, you know, there's been boat shows. I know Huntsville Boat Show here was this past weekend. you got Birmingham Boat Show this coming weekend. They're happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's kind of the sign that the season's getting kicked off tournament season will happen real quick i know bfl's here is going to start um before the end of january um i got an abt event this weekend that we're filming for tv and doing live coverage so yeah it's it's here the off season's over it's time to get rolling now like since you mentioned uh ABT this weekend, and I know that like I think like this past weekend, I'm I'm not trying to poke you know make fun of any situation. I know there was some pretty like colorful weather that came down your guys' neck of the woods, but I guess for ABT, um, how's the weather looking like this week? Is it going to be uh, typical Alabama weather or nice Alabama <laughs> weather for this time of year, or is it going to be yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the typical Alabama weather? Is you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> That's why I, so, I decided to watch my wording there. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it will be typical. No, no, we kind of have a joke that when ABT shows up, you know, something strange with the weather's going to happen. But I, yeah, right as of right now, it doesn't look too bad. I think we, okay. we do have a chance of some rain. I can't, I think in the afternoon, but okay. it's going to start off a little cool, about 31 degrees. It'll end up somewhere around 50, low 50, somewhere in that range by, by the afternoon with maybe some, some occasional showers. So it could be worse. So I, I know that this is for uh, you know, you're doing uh, obviously coverage for a tournament, but obviously with me, um, fortunately for us up here, it's been a little bit warmer. So like I don't have any snow. I think it rained the other day, but which is a bit more abnormal. But uh, but again, but then again, with me, I I don't you know if any type of fishing I'm doing is going to be on hard water if it's safe enough with the way how the the conditions are. But I guess even with this time of year, how do you approach? trying to stay warm because again for some people like you said uh warm how how it feels is relative to to who it is but um it, i guess depending who you are it can just get somewhat warm throughout the day especially if it's a nice sun, uh, sunny day so how do you prepare especially clothing wise and uh just to deal with a long you know a couple hours whether it's a couple hours or you know six seven eight hours uh on the water how do you prepare yourself especially uh, clothing wise well for, first thing I, I hate cold weather um <laughs> I, I i don't like it at all um, so therefore, because of it and, and knowing that I have to 
spend time out in it. And I, I well, I don't have to. I choose to. It's mm-hmm. a choice. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time over the last uh, several years kind of trying to find the right combination. Mm-hmm. Um, about three years ago, I, I started having some shoulder issues. I got at one point I got to where I couldn't hardly lift my my left my left arm at all. Oh wow! Um, and I realized it, it was it was from wearing too many clothes. It was bulking up too much, and and it was yeah. a certain certain kind of clothing that I was wearing at the time that was putting more pressure on my shoulder. So uh, I started changing some things again, uh, trying to get the bulk down. And fortunately, um, there's a lot of really good clothing manufacturers right now and a lot of options. Mm-hmm. If, if you layer correctly, you don't have to get very bulky in order to be able to handle uh, fairly cold weather. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I've I've kind of got a system where I used to say I wanted it 50 and above and I'm okay. But now, now I've kind of gotten used to 40 and above. I get okay. below 40 and it it's it gets tough. And the hardest part's my hands. My hands are the hardest yep. thing to keep warm. Um and and it's I hadn't found a really good solution for that. And and a lot of it is the fact that, you know, we need the dexterity in our fingers. Um yep. Whether we're tying baits or you know unhooking fish or whatever we're doing, we need to be able to use our hands, and then we're we're getting them wet as well. So when it's cold, and you get them wet. It's just not much you can do with them. So um, that's that's something that that's still a bit of a bit of an issue. I, I have found some gloves that work pretty decent, um, mm-hmm. but that that's that's probably the area that I'm still trying to find. You know the the magic combination, but so far for right now, for what I see, our weather is right now. It's not too bad. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it ends up like the Toyota series was, uh, what, two years ago in Gunnersville and it was, we were taking off and it was 18 degrees. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'm not really prepared for that. Uh, I'll just have to deal <laughs> with that the best I can. Sure. But, uh, but I'm a lot closer than I used to be. And, and the, the key really is wearing the right type clothing and layering properly. Your, the, the layer closest to your skin is probably the most important. But then how you build from that um, makes a difference as well. Yeah, I know like with me, like, again, I don't get a fish probably if, if everything turns out well with there's ice, ice is off. And I guess you could say it's open water. If everything goes well, maybe sometime in March, if not April's when you probably get a decent window. But even then our, our but late winter, spring weather is kind of like probably what your Alabama typical average everyday tips would be. And I, I don't know, like with me, I, I find it like, like I've gone from like, uh, you know, wearing like a, like a compression style, like uh, layering stuff. And uh, I felt like some of like for me personally, like some of that, I felt like it held, it held a, so it didn't keep me warm, but like it held a certain type of like the, the cold surface to it or something like that. I don't know. So uh, I know I'm still trying to figure that out and um, trying to find something that's not too, whether it's bulky or baggy, you know, something like that. Cause again, with, with baggy or looser clothing for me, um, even with gloves, you risk getting hooked, you know, hook stuff in, you know, whatever, right. and, you know, right. uh, and then threads and whatever. So, um, but yeah, I, like I definitely agree with you. Like gloves are the biggest obstacle i think because i guess everything else you can you could find your own whether it's multiple like a lot of layers or a few you know a, a few layers with you know a thicker piece here and there but i don't know definitely with like uh like gloves um 
especially when you're uh, if you're uh, using bay casters all day, since that line, as you're reeling it, it picks up and it pulls the water to the reel, um, and it sprays that you know your hands right. get wet. Regardless if you if you don't catch a fish all day, but from casting, um, that's the hard part. Is once your hands get wet and they get cold, then uh, or your gloves get wet and cold, then right. it gets your hands wet and it gets harder to to um, Keep your hands warm and kind of get get them to to get that blood flowing so that they don't get all stiff and, and for me that that's always the biggest hardest part is once they get cold it's just a lot very very hard for me to kind of get them the, that mobility and dexterity back in them right. so and you know heck 45 degrees bright sunshine and no wind mm-hmm. you know that that feels a certain way 45 yeah. degrees cloudy overcast spitting <laughs> rain yeah. you know wind out of the north yeah, it, 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 that that can feel totally different. So, you know, yeah. just just saying a water, I mean, a, a, an air temperature doesn't necessarily tell a whole story. Yeah, you have to include all in. But but there again, and, you know, you talked about, you know, you know, your your layering process, you know. The the, the material is just like, I mean, just like the Under Armour shirts, you know, yeah. that ISO chill, they're designed to where if, if they get cool air on or, you know, air blowing against them, that they'll, you know, they dry out quick. Therefore, it cools you off. So, when you're wearing that as, as the layer against your skin, then what what's stacked on top of that becomes more important. But your outer yeah. layer needs to be something that that will completely block the wind. Yeah. So so you can't overlook that part because that allows the underneath pieces to do what what they really need to do to to keep you comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I know, like uh, like you mentioned, Under Armour because they've got some cold gear related compression stuff, which I'll have to start getting back into again only because. Um, some of the stuff I've got is a bit older, which I'm pretty sure some of the, even though it looks a lot the same, there's newer stuff that they probably use technology wise in it. But, um, but definitely I know that's, that's always the hard part is because again, with um, like, I know with me, I like, that's why I prefer like a, uh, like a, a, a zip up hoodie just because again, as, as the, uh, for me during those early spring, late winter, early spring days on the water. Um, and especially with the sunnier day, like you mentioned, where, you know, 40 or some odd degrees and sunny, well, weather is going to be a lot different from a cloudy day. Um, having a zip up and being able to, to take up, uh, what was it certain layers off just to kind of adjust yourself to the day. So you're some, you know, you're, you're right. comfortable. And then, like you said right. too, uh, as some of those layers, especially if you're a, a bib person, I could definitely see where, those additional layers and that and the the straps on the bib pulling you uh pulling you down that it just you know um besides making you uncomfortable like temperature wise making you a, a lot warmer and definitely not or, or not being sufficient enough to keep you warm but then again that added stress from that compression from the bibs and the weight of the clothing um does wear you out as well and makes can make a uh whether it's even a good day somewhat uncomfortable because again you could be catching a lot of fish but at the end of the day you're recovering from you know, your body being tortured in some way. Well, what I learned is I, I had a pair, it was actually a pair of bibs that had a real wide uh, piece straps. that went over your shoulder. Okay. Uh, they weren't, they really weren't straps. I mean, it was like, you know, full wide piece of fabric. And mm-hmm. I really think that's what was creating some of my shoulder issues. It wasn't just okay. that alone, but I think that did contribute to it. Since then, I've okay. gone to uh, a suit that has uh, the narrow straps and they don't, it doesn't pull on my shoulder like, like that suit did. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, but, you know, to someone else, they may prefer that. So you yeah. really kind of you kind of have to find your own way and what, what works for you, and what fits for you. You know, we're yeah. all we're all different body shapes, body types. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, man, there's so many really good options. Uh, some of it's expensive. Some of it's not too expensive. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of companies out there making apparel that 
that will help you enjoy your time outdoors. Yeah. Um, you know, much more so than we had, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of it helps. Well, as we, uh, well, AG looks pretty warm. I know I'm a bit colder up here still, but um, but as we, we got up to seventy today, <laughs> I well, like I said, it's been a bit abnormally warm for me down, up, up up where I'm at. But I think it got to like maybe forty. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it's warm-ish for up here. I'm not those crazy people that wear shorts and like below freezing up uh, up up here in Wisconsin. But but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to and if you know making my way down south or whether it's the classic in a few weeks I mean, a few months or whatever it's the unless like i said global warming decides to do a 180 up here and, I, and i've got 80 degree weather in like a month uh, i'm definitely looking forward to just seeing uh open water but then again like i said you know if this abnormal warm ish weather or season for us up here stays then maybe well, maybe <laughs> when the cold weather does show up, don't send it this way. You keep it up there. <laughs> hey, I'm just hoping. I know it's only January, you know, it's mid-January. And so we still got a few more months. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, you know, and, 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 you know, just like how you say, you know, with Alabama, what the same thing up here, we never know if it's going to, it could be, you know, blizzards one day and then it could be sunny and like 50 some odd degrees. So, uh, and I'm just hoping that, like I said, that, as long as uh what was it because i'm already like i need open water i need to start casting i'm not much of an ice fisherman so i'm like yeah i need to uh, uh start casting soon so I, as long as come march for sure april that that the ice is all gone so i know that you know everything is back to normal i should be able to uh you know yeah we might have some cold fronts that come in throw the fish you know up for a loop or so but at least as long as the ice is gone then at least um i can get on the water in some way i'll be happy with that so <laughs> but with that we're gonna uh, our guest for this episode show uh, for this show is gonna be uh Bassmaster Elite Series angler Drew Benton. I know I don't know if he's ever been on the AC Insider podcast ever, but definitely gonna look forward to uh, finding out who Drew is. Uh, I know he had a pretty good season last year, but definitely just catching up with Drew and finding out more about Drew and this upcoming season. So uh, we'll come back with Drew in a few moments. So uh, check look, check out our sponsors here, and we'll come back with Drew. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. All right, welcome back to this segment of the English Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by Strike King Lures. Uh, make sure you check out the latest uh, tungsten lineup, such as the 
tungsten thunder cricket and the tungsten casting jigs make sure you get your fill because i know i definitely need to over at striking.com and like i mentioned before the break here we've got bassmaster elite series angler uh who had a pretty outstanding 2022 season mr drew benton on drew how have you how yeah how are you doing and how has 2023 been so far I've been doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, 2023 for me so far has just kind of been hectic. You know, it is this time of year um, for all of us on the Elite Series trying to get everything ready, everything wrapped and jerseys ordered and everything um, going for for the start of our season, which is right around the corner here mid-February. So um, a a lot of moving parts going on right now, just trying to, like I said, get everything in order and, um, and try to spend some time, you know, on the water and try to knock the rust off. Now, I, I know before we hopped on, I know you mentioned that you were out on the water today. Was it just to dial things in or just to, you know, clear the mind? What, 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 yeah, what was the uh, purpose of today's trip out on, uh, out on the lake uh, to do? So my home lake is Lake Seminole, and um, this is our last week before it goes off limits. It goes off limits okay. on Monday. and to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like my home lake anymore. I uh, I haven't got to fish it, you know, since I started traveling and doing this, you know, 11 years ago. Um, you know, it it's really kind of been on the back burner. I haven't got to spend as much time out there. So I need to spend this week kind of re-familiarizing myself with it and, and seeing what's changed and, and everything. We've had all sorts of um, things change over the past several years you know we had a major hurricane come through and um, hurricane michael and it destroyed a lot of uh, the standing timber you know around the lake you've got tons of new laydowns you've got all the the taller standing timber like in spring creek is you know most of it's broke off now so a lot has definitely changed and um it, it really changed the way the grass is uh growing you know when you have a, a big system like that come through and rip rip up all the hydrilla, it almost starts over. So, and that's the case on any grass lake. It's going to grow different every year, but even more so um, after that big hurricane, it's definitely changed the way Seminole's grass does. So, I'm going to spend the next few days um, running around checking places that you know I've fished in the past and trying to kind of relearn it. Now, is it significant? I know you, you mentioned there's a lot of stuff that's happened, but is it significantly or just if enough to be, you know, where, where previous knowledge isn't, you know, not that it's not key, but definitely, you know, it, it's just a smaller part of the uh, of of your arsenal this time around. I think it's it's more just uh, it changes things up for me. Um, okay. There's a lot of places. I say a lot of places. There's a few places you can't even get into anymore that haven't been opened back up, and then there's places that um are new to me that I looked at today and I'm like, you know, this has always been choked out and I've never been able to fish in here or, you know, stuff stuff like that that has changed just, you know, since I really spent a lot of time. I went from, you know, fishing local team tournaments and stuff here, you know, before I hopped on the, the FLW tour and then later on the Elite Series and I would spend, you know, three days at least a week on this lake and um when you go from that to, to maybe making two or three trips a year um for 
the better part of the past 10 years, it's, it's like it's not my home lake anymore. So we just got to dial it back in. Now, since we're, since we're still, oh, go, go, go on, KG. Sorry about no, that. I, I was going to say, you know, um, you, you, you hadn't been able to fish it as much as you have in the past, but it's still, it's still considered your home lake. Uh, obviously, it's the closest one to you. D- does that, does that make you kind of nervous about this, this being on the schedule this year or, um, does it give you maybe a little bit more incentive? I mean, what, what's your thought process going in? You seem like kind of a, a laid back, pretty calm guy. Does this, does this tournament kind of, uh, change that for you in any way? No, it doesn't bother me at all in that aspect. I mean, I'm just, I just hope I get to enjoy it and not, um, not put that kind of pressure on myself. I just, uh, it's, it's nice to be able to go somewhere, you know, after being at this, you know, game as long as I have. And this is my actually my first opportunity. Um, probably the closest I've had to a home lake would be you follow when we came there in 2020. Um, I live about mm, two and a half hours from you follow. And I had some tournament experience there. Um, but, you know, it, I know what I'm going to do. I know kind of what my game plan is going to be going into the the event. There's, I'm very comfortable running around. There's a lot of guys, you know, that are worried about getting around Lake Seminole because it could be pretty treacherous um, with, with stumps and everything. So, I mean, I'm excited about the event being that close to home and, and having friends and family there to support me. And, um, yeah, I, I don't have. I don't think there's any added pressure. It's just a matter of I've got to get my my homework done this week. Right. So since uh, what was it? Um, to kind of just look a bit back because I, I kind of want to hopefully get to something too. What sister talking about? Uh, 2023. But um, looking at 2022, though, I mean, you had the best career finish on the AOY uh standings you finished fourth which when I look back at your um I think your your finishes for 2022 you only had one event which was the first event on Palatka that well I guess you'd say where you didn't make a day three cut but besides that you had what I thought was a very outstanding uh 2022 season was there anything that that you did differently uh, for 2022 versus years past that helped you to just have a really great uh, 2022 season? Uh, I mean, I guess yes and no. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got remarried and, you know, home life is a, is a big part of obviously um, every angler. If, you, if you're worried about what's going on at home when you're on the road, your head's not in it. And that's, that's with everything in life. That's any job, you know, and, um, got remarried, got, you know, kind of life straight at home and, uh, could really put my focus on what I was doing and, and really kind of went back to having fun with it. Um, you know, this is, it can be a grind if you let it and it can be, um, at times it can be rough on you mentally. Um, and if you just go at it, you know, about at it, like you're, you're going fishing, you're going playing every day and, and kind of just let everything fall into place. This whole, this whole game goes way smoother in the end. And I think that's more the mindset I had. I just kind of rolled with everything. And, um, yeah, that first event, I, uh, I was sitting there, it was 
day two and I, you know, I was having a rough day. I think I only had like one bass at noon or something crazy like that. I said, here we go. This is it. AOI is out the window. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking. And then three top tens in a row and you're right back in it. That's just how quick things can change, you know, fishing. So it's definitely, uh, it was definitely um, one of my, well, it was my best career um, season ever. And, uh, you know, I, I just attribute it to, to going out there and having a good time with it again and, and not really forcing anything. You know, before David makes this sound like maybe, you know, last year was an aberration and, you know, it was so much better than your previous years. I'm going to step in with some facts because in look, looking uh, over through your, the Bassmaster uh, history on you, you've actually placed in the money 73.4% of the tournaments you fished. And that's that's a very good percentage. That's that's a guy that that uh, that obviously can have a long, long time career uh, as a Bassmaster Elite Series angler. Uh, so yeah, where last year may have been your best year so far, you you've been very consistent since day one when you got there. And and that's what everybody tries to be. I mean, that's I did a Bass University seminar this weekend, and you know that that's the name of the game and staying in this this uh, career for for any long period of time is just being versatile and being well rounded and and being able to cash checks and. Um, I feel like that's always kind of been kind of my makeup, you know, just being consistent and that's, you know, what I strive for, but I almost feel like to step up to that next level, you've got to turn those check cashing events into top twenties. And then those, those, you know, one or two bites that you've got to get to get you in that top 10 range per event, you've got to start doing that consistent and then once you start doing that, then those wins start coming a little bit easier. And that's kind of, you know, everything, you've got to have a process. My goals were, you know, always at the beginning of each season, qualify for the classic and, you know, set another goal. So for this year, it's definitely, um, it's, it's got to be the AOI. I, I feel like, I've been consistent from year year in and year out, and um, I understand what it takes to get there. I've, you know, I have I kind of tasted it this year, so that has to be my number one goal this year. So that's that's, that's what we're going for. Well, you know, and I just thought I just thought about this, but uh, you know, I think this is part of part of what um, every elite series angler kind of struggles with in the beginning is really understanding how to travel to different parts of the country and find that consistency. Um, how long did it take you to get to where you were comfortable traveling to different parts of the country? I, I know you fished the opens for uh, like two or three years before you finally made the elite series. So I'm not sure how much experience you had outside of, you know, this, that North Florida, South Georgia, South Alabama area, but how long did it take you to get the confidence or feel comfortable going to other parts of the country? Probably 10 years. <laughs> I mean, if you look back at my uh, my first few years on tour, you know, and getting in those northern opens, and and uh, when we would leave our region of the southeast, it would get tougher on me. And, you know, when we would go up there to smallmouth places, I would – I'd get my tail beat. And, you know, the more times that you go up there and the um, more times that you can just 
add another tool to your toolbox and just take a take a learning experience and turn it into a positive. You just keep adding on to to what you're working towards. And now, you know, this past year, say 2022, we went up there to St. Lawrence River. I'm confident in what I'm doing. I know, you know, what to expect with smallmouth. And I really had the bites to be in the top 10 in that event. And that just goes to show you from, you know, when I started in 2013, you know, that was like the moon to me. And now I have the confidence and the, you know, I'm comfortable up there um, no matter wherever, where we go. And it's just a, it's just one of those things. It's a mindset, really. It's not necessarily, I mean, there is some knowledge, you know, don't get me wrong. There's knowledge that you have to gain, but it's a mindset that, hey, there's a way to catch them any given day. You just got to figure it out. And that's, uh, that's just how you have to approach it, no matter where, what's on the schedule. Um, you know, that I guess, I guess that that'll kind of lead me into something else. I, I'll be honest with you. The first time I really paid attention to who you were or kind of had an idea of, of who you were was, uh, back, I think it was 2018. Um, Mark Zona was doing some, some live stuff and they had a, uh, it was Mark Zona and Davey Height had a, uh, two on two Bassmaster bra. I think's what they called it. Uh, okay. it, it was you, you and Drew Cook. Um, I think that particular day you were with Zona and Drew Cook was with Davey and you guys kind of went head to head. But I, I remember watching that back then and I've, I've known Davey for quite a while. Uh, I think a lot of Davey. Um, and when Davey says something, I, I, I believe it. Um, and Zona as well. And I remember at the, by the time we got to the end of that show, those guys were really impressed with uh, both you and, and Drew Cook. Um, so, you know, hearing that from those guys, you know, it kind of made me take notice and started starting following you. So. Uh, you know, I've kind of followed your career and that's, that's part of why I knew you were so consistent, um, you know, over time. But, um, spe- speaking of which, the other thing that I really, I really got into, uh, this past season, um, is a YouTube series that you and uh, Drew Cook are doing. It's the, the cut line. And I- I'm at the point now to where there's so much on YouTube. There's so much on social media. There's a lot of it that just doesn't interest me anymore. I just, I don't have time for it. But I, I will tell you something. When I started watching the cut line, um, you, it kind of drew me in. I was impressed with how you guys do it. I really like the fact that you kind of start off with practice and you kind of build through. You don't go into, you know, great fine detail, which is fine. But you do kind of you kind of give us an idea of what it's like to be on the road, what it's like to prepare for a tournament and then how that translates throughout the tournament and throughout the end. Um, just really impressed with you guys, what you guys are doing, doing with that. So give give us a little idea of how that started and, and what it takes for you guys to really put that on. Yeah, so I guess it started, don't quote me on the year, but I think around 2000, the end of 2017, um, we had the idea. And, you know, we really didn't know what we wanted to do. We knew we needed to put some content out and we knew we wanted to do something a little bit different. That wasn't just the event because everybody watches event coverage and kind of knows how the event goes, but we wanted to kind of give a more of a behind the scenes, um, and really a look into how cook and I, um, do it a little bit different. You know, we share everything we share, 
you know, all of practice information that we, we gather, we work together and we try to come up with a game plan to where we're both successful. And ever since we started doing it, neither one of us has missed a classic. Um, we both finished probably in the top 20 in AOI. And it's just a system that really works well because when you go to these places, especially ones that neither one of us has been to before, and you got three days to break it down and you can, you have the trust and the, the ability to network with someone and, and work together with someone. It just, it benefits you both. You know, we're trying to make a living, but yet we also are trying to, to win. And it, you know, last year was extremely uh, a good example of you can work together and still win an event because, you know, um, when Cook won Santee. So that being said, um, as far as the series goes, we wanted to, to sh- you know, show that, but we didn't really know how. And we're still, you know, we're still kind of fluid with our concept. Um, we're getting feedback from the people who watch, you know, and, and getting some, some ideas to, to keep it fresh for everybody. Cause that's, that's the name of the game is keeping it, you know, keeping it interesting. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to doing it again this year. We got a, a couple great sponsors on board, um, Battleborn Batteries and Baitworks. Uh, Baitworks is a, a tackle company that, uh, is an online retailer. You can order, just about anything you you need tackle wise and an interesting um, deal that we're going to do this year is the end of every episode we're going to go through the products that we caught them on um, whether it's sponsored products not sponsored products we're going to keep it real show everybody exactly what we used and there'll be links in the description where all you have to do is scroll down Click on that link, and there'll be a shopping cart with uh, with everything that we use for that event, and, and you just have to have to make the purchase, and it'll be right there for you. So it'll be super easy um, to put your hands on, you know, exactly what we used, and uh, you know, we're just having fun with it. It's a good uh, it's a good thing because this whole industry has moved I've, ever since I've started more from just fishing to fishing and content creation. And, and this is kind of our version of that with our own twist and uh, we're having fun with it. Well, you know, um, we, we have conversations here on Angler's Channel podcast all the time about, you know, the fishing industry and how it is now. And, you know, the, these organizations change the rules. They change the way they do things. You know, they, they change series of events that, you know, they cancel some, add some, move things around. It's really to a point where, if an angler wants a long-term career in this, they really need to focus on themselves and making a name for themselves. And and it's you're, you're branding you. Um, and and I I really do think you know this series along with the other things that you do uh, is helping both you and Drew cook out. And you know in that manner, obviously it looks like you guys you know will have a long long uh, term career in the lead series. But in reality, you really you really never know what's going to happen from year to year. You know, the, the organizations are the organizations. You really have no control over that. But you guys, uh, in my opinion, are doing what I feel that that any angler that wants to be a professional angler has to do these days. And that is brand yourself to where and, and I kind of I relate it to you need options. So 
Yep. If you're doing if you're doing things for yourself, then you're not relying on you know a specific organization or someone that could change down the road. You're you're basically in control of your own destiny. The other thing you know with this whole content creation um, game is you know it's constantly evolving, and it was a whole lot easier you know to get in this say five, six, seven years ago. And you know I'm not going to sugarcoated it was tough on us to start with you know we paid a ton of money out of our own pocket to kind of get this going and get it off the ground for very little views you know you started off with one two three thousand views and then occasionally um we'd have two or three episodes per season bump up there in the 15 18,000 view range to now we're starting to see some traction with it. Our last episode, which has only been out for a month, is already over 30,000 views. So, you know, that that positive reinforcement tells us we're, we're at least doing something that people are enjoying. And, um, you know, whenever I, I think you can pass that threshold and, and whatever algorithm that they have going on right now, I think it's always a positive step in the right direction. So we're going to keep on keeping on. Well, and I, I think the key to that, because especially right now, it seems like people gravitate towards towards people that keep it real. Uh, you kind of you kind of have to, um, you know, kind of feel like you're on the same level or or it's make it make it kind of personal. And I think that what you guys do with the series, uh, it does come across as you do keep it real. So I, I do think even though you feel it was a slow start and it is hard to do, I, I do think the the fact that you guys are doing it the way you're doing it is going to pay off for you as you know as time goes on. Yep. Do Do you think that I know because you uh, you guys do a lot of uh, you know behind the scenes or in between you know like after weigh-ins and stuff like that? Do you find it any harder to like be like you know like like on uh, for, for the camera and everything like that? Because again, you guys are always recording not just during tournaments uh, or practices, but you know but in the morning, but during you know whether you're uh, rigging stuff up to like is it after after the weigh in and you're you're you guys are winding down, get ready for the next. Year. Do you find that hard to, or was it hard at first to like you know to be you know again someone I guess who I guess you say like an on air personality in some way. Uh, not really. I mean, it, it comes right back to, you know, just keeping it real and being yourself. I'm, I think we have to do a lot more editing <laughs> because it's, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's just real life. And sometimes you can't put real life on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing to it. We're just, you know, we're just, our, your average everyday fisherman, we put our pants on one leg at a time and that's, you know, <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna show in in the in the series. Now, since we, you know we're we're you know talking about the series and everything, I kind of want to visit and maybe you can educate me and some of the listeners that don't know the more the, the how you and Drew Cook got started. You know, was it something? Was it a, a long life, like a lifetime friendship type thing, or was it something that you know fishing brought you guys together, type of a deal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, we're just basically from the same region. You know, when I say Lake Seminole, it's his home lake too. So whenever, you know, I'm a little bit older than Cook Cook um, is. So um, like, for instance, when I was getting started in college, college fishing was just starting then. And at that time, they had a rule in place that you couldn't pay 
it was a certain amount of money for an entry fee for like say an open or a Toyota series and still fish at the college level. You had to kind of choose. And I believe that was only like a rule for the first couple of years, but that was my last two years of college. And I chose to go the opens and Toyotas route um, because you couldn't make no money in college at the time. And see, Cook was a little bit younger than me. And he came up through the college system and was able to do both, you know, fish college and the opens. And that's kind of how we met is fishing just regionally in the area. And um, he, we linked up um, when he decided to try to qualify for the elites. And I said, you know, I'll travel with you. Um, I'm going to, I need to fish a, a division of the opens. It was earlier in my career and, and I felt like I needed to fish a division of opens as well as the elite series. So I told him, I said, I'll travel with you and I'll help you, you know, we'll just network and, and I'll try to help you um, qualify. He was fishing two divisions and I think I just traveled with him for the Southerns and it worked out really well um, with us working together and sharing information and, and whatnot. And um, we just, carried that on over when he qualified we carried it on over to the elite series and applied it there and it's just it's really worked out great for both of us so that's really how it started um just kind of being from the same area um geographically and and having the same goals well uh you know we've talked a little bit about um Seminole um what other lakes on the upcoming schedule uh, are you looking forward to or, 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 you know, I guess in general, how does the schedule kind of set up for you? Um, it really has the potential to be an awesome schedule. <laughs> um, it's all, it's all according on the weather. Um, right. I mean, I'm looking forward to the two South Carolina tournaments, never been on Murray before, but heard great things about it. Um, it's at the right time of year, obviously Santee for what it did last year. Um, every time I've been, it's kind of showed out. So definitely those two, but it's hard to look past this one right here in the backyard. But, uh, you know, I went down and, and looked at Okeechobee. Um, I just basically rode down there and made a lap around a lake. And you want to talk about a place that's changed. You know, I've been going down there since 2009 and it, it's just unreal with the high water and stuff. And don't get me wrong, it's still a, you know, a fish factory, but it just changes the way a tournament will, will be fished. And that one is kind of, it, it's a wild card. It can go, it can go really good or really bad. And it just depends on, you know, what kind of weather we get because you, your options there are a whole lot smaller now than they used to be. You used to have a lot of protected water that you can get out of certain wind directions now you pretty much you got to hope for some kind of north northwest wind because there's nothing else you know to fish other than that west side of the lake and north you know northern portion nothing else to get out of the out of the wind is what i'm saying so you can fish and catch fish all the way around that lake but the problem is when you get the wind out of the wrong direction it's going to mess you up so that's going to be you know kind of a tricky one to start the year and then obviously Seminole um then we got the classic um hard to hard to not be excited about the classic it's it's uh 
this Catalina wine mixer. So, um, it, you know, it doesn't matter. We might not be on the best TVA lake, you know, out there, but we're in a great place. I get a great state for bass fishing. And, uh, you know, I think they hold the record for the biggest classic show or turnout and uh, excited to definitely get back there. There will be a lot of people there and it, it, it is still and by far the Super Bowl of bass fishing. So, yeah, I mean, it is the classic. Yep. For speaking, sure. Speaking of the classic, I know that this, you know, you fished the 2019 um, uh, classic on the uh, on the Tennessee River there, too. So do you feel that you'll be taking any new, like, look, I don't know if you're going to approach it kind of how you are with Seminole in a way where you're talking about it might be you're going to approach it that there's going to be some different things or are you going to uh, capitalize on what you learned whether it was during practice or at the event uh from 2019 to uh to help you with your preparation for this year's classic i think that's for sure i i think that uh you know this actually will be my third trip there we had an elite event there um it was yes, a little sir. earlier in the year a couple years ago and um i really understand the, the lake and how it sets up and and everything real well now um definitely being my third trip i'm a lot more comfortable and i you can almost kind of compare that to smallmouth fishing you know i started out not real comfortable with it i i I would say that was very accurate in my first classic i was not not very comfortable there um when we when we first made our trip and um i can take what i've learned from previous trips and hopefully apply them this year and, and have a have some more success you know, when you say the word comfortable, uh, I, w- I want to ask you this, uh, because, you know, we know it obviously at the lead series level, you guys are fishing multiple days. So, you know, you have to approach that different than a lot of our, our listeners that, that may just fish one day tournaments. But we, we always hear about having an open mind and be willing to change and make adjustments. When you say the word comfortable, I'm imagining that that's kind of what you're saying, that, that you, you have enough confidence or knowledge about the area that that you feel that you can kind of flow with whatever happens. If there are weather changes or whatever, you have an idea of how you need to make the adjustments. It, and am I assuming that correctly? No, that's absolutely correct. It's uh it's almost just a, a mindset that um you've got, you know, a little bit more knowledge under your belt and you know what adjustments to make because you've been on that body of water and seen what, you know, what happens when you know, it gets really cold or it gets really muddy or you get a lot more. I mean, you've seen those different scenarios, so you know what to kind of expect. And and uh, you, you just, I don't know, you just have a, a different level of comfort. And whenever you're comfortable, those decisions come way faster and way easier during the event. So whenever you are faced with a little bit of adversity or, you know, your back's up against the wall, it's a whole lot easier to make an adjustment when you're comfortable. And it's pretty much a given every every lead series event because it, I mean if you fish all four days there is going to be some kind of a, at least one if not multiple changes in the in that four day period it, it's very rare that it, it could be consistent for those four days so you you know going in there's going to be some kind of a variable pop up you may not know what it is you know your second day of practice but at some point there's going to be some kind of a change uh, that's that's going to happen it'll happen in every single one of them. Yeah, the, the one of the few exceptions to that would probably be like St. Lawrence last year. Um, nobody expected, and granted, 
we had terrible weather in practice, so it made it really difficult to get out there on Ontario and really kind of dial it in. But nobody expected four days of the weather that we had, you know, for that event. And, and that was that was what made it show out. You know, that's right. what protects Lake Ontario is, the, is Mother Nature. And um, everybody in that tournament and everybody watching it probably said, okay, they got to go out there one day. They'll never get two. Oh, they went two days. They'll never get to day three. <laughs> you know, everybody was probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. And it just happened that way. It was the perfect storm. But right. generally speaking, when an elite tournament is scheduled, you can bet on we're going to have some some bad weather for probably over half of them or some kind of something crazy. I mean, I've had high water flood and um, I've had tornadoes. We've had everything that you can imagine happens when when we come to town. So, yeah, we uh, you just kind of have to expect it. So, what is it? So, as as we kind of, I know that um, you're you got kids and stuff. So we're gonna try to wrap it up here. But one question I have for you, because uh, I mean, you're we both share a birthday, even though uh, I'm older than you by a few years. But um, but you're only 34, turning 35 this year, which I, I you know for a lot of fishermen that's a still a relatively young age. And you're you know you've only uh, what this is what you I think your tenth season as a pro and your eighth season as a. Uh, an elite series angler do you still feel like you're a young angler or do you uh, now start to identify yourself more as like a, a veteran um i mean i feel young i feel like i don't know <laughs> what i'm talking about half the time you know but i i get that that veteran word thrown around quite a bit here lately um and i guess i i mean I guess it has to have some truth to it because, um, I mean, shoot, you look at, uh, if you can make it past that 10 year point, you can make it 20 years. You know, I just feel like in this, this game, it's just a matter of, uh, just constantly, um, setting the bar high and, and, uh, just going after those goals. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I am sort of a veteran now. <laughs> do you i guess looking at yourself now compared to rookie uh, rookie elite series angler drew ben or even second year how different would you say you are or is it just you know a small slight evolution i'm not saying that it's completely not your day but not that you don't grow as an angler but do you feel that you are a completely different angler today or is it still more or less the same just a few small tweaks here and there man let me tell you Year one and two, I didn't know how to tie a drop shot. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about like night and day. It's it's amazing what you can learn by getting thrown to the wolves and mm. and just really going all in on something and and really applying you know all your energy into it. It's uh it's it's really crazy. I mean, you're talking about um two years in. I, I still, you know, didn't didn't even have a clue what I was doing smallmouth fishing to to now. Send me anywhere you want to, and let's go smallmouth fishing. I'll fish against the best hundred in the world on the elite series, and I don't care. And I feel confident that I can win. That's night and day difference, and I mean that's, I mean that's just the the best way to describe it. Um, it's definitely a process. It does not happen overnight, but I'm not the same 
same angler I was um, in 13 when I when I set out to to do this. Well, I know, like, uh, like I didn't mean to say, like, it, like the, the, again, you know, 2022. If it did come across there, that it was an anomaly in some way, from what KG was saying there. But I was just uh, just a way for me to pick on you, David. That's all. <laughs> but you know, like I said, I, I was just like again, like the KG said, you were you you've shown a lot of consistency for the most part. Like, see, like, well, just one slightly you know i guess for you dis- disappointing but you're very consistent again and then as, as that even looking at last year that that meteoric rise like it seemed like everything just clicked like an execution and everything so i just feel like uh again, again i know i don't know if you're a believer in momentum but uh, you know I, I definitely feel that you know whether it's not that you know you fish well but i think it's all that mentality part of it so i feel that 2023 is going to be even even better for you this upcoming season well, I hope so. I, I'm a, I'm definitely a believer in momentum, um, especially, you know, after that first event and then following up that, that second event, you know, finishing second at Harris Chain. And then I think I had, I can't remember, it was either two or three more top tens in a row after that. That was all, you know, momentum feeding off of itself. And, and uh, I definitely um, feel you on that. I, I think that um, if we can get off to a fast start, you know, this year, I, I like the way, you know, it's going um, momentum-wise for sure. Well, we thank you so much again for your time. I know that you got, I know that I think I saw it, with, it was a yesterday. I think you had like one of your little ones with you on a boat uh, on the water there. So I know you got a, a few little guys that are probably waiting for uh, for dad to get back with them and get ready for uh, either, I don't know if it's dinner time or, or for them to get uh be tucked in a bed, but we thank you so much for your time and, uh, and sharing your story with us, Drew, and definitely like, so we'll, we'll be paying attention, uh, this upcoming elite series season. See if you are able to make that uh, goal of angle of the year, or maybe add the Bassmaster classic trophy as well. Maybe either one. I'd be, I'd be happy with. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great, uh, great one. Oh, go ahead, KG. Uh, uh, I was going to say, continue to work on the cut line. I'm a big fan. I really <laughs> enjoy it. So keep, keep that up. All right. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right, there you have it, folks. Drew Benton. Again, uh, I know KG thinks that I was trying to <laughs> uh, exaggerate or poke fun at him there, but like I said, I was really, uh, uh, you just look, you know, if you just look at the surface at, at his overall finishes last year, I was really surprised. I mean, I think that, you know, for eight out of 10 anglers, that's an AOY winning year for most of the anglers out there. I mean, I, again, it, it takes an angler like Brandon, Brandon Polonick to have an even better results season to take that AOI. So I was like, but I saw, you know, again, he missed only one day three cut out of all the events last year. And I'm like, whoa, that's actually, again, it was just, I think he finished 60 something. So it wasn't even that far off, but and, you know, again, um, you know, uh, I wasn't trying to poke fun with at home with being whether he was young or whatever, but I feel like, you know, he, he's wise beyond the years that he actually is, you know? And so I feel that 2023 may be a really awesome season for Drew Benton. Yeah. You know, and talking to him, you know, he, he's, he, feels confident you could yep. we could tell that when we talk about the different lakes and talk about you know going smallmouth fishing now he's confident just about anywhere they go and that yeah and that that means a lot i mean we see that with a lot of these anglers in order to have a, a really good year if you're going to compete for angel of the year title you can't have bad tournaments um and, and that's probably the only thing that kept him is he started a little bit slow with the very first tournament and he and he kicked it in gear uh fourth place aoi is is a tremendous accomplishment yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was more just giving you a hard time than anything, David. You know, if I have an opportunity <laughs> no. to give you a hard time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do it. So, yeah, I get it. 
But yeah, like I said, we'll see how how it goes. I mean, I know like like you mentioned, uh, I know that I'm pretty sure for him. Even uh, I know he tends to be a, a a favorite, whether it's amongst the the uh, what was it, the fantasy fishing people, whatever. When it comes to picks, uh, when it comes to in uh, northern Florida fishery, so I'm pretty sure with that with that it's, particular result, he was a bit surprised. Yeah. But it's that consistency, fishing. man. If you're if you're doing fantasy fishing and you you want consistency, you want an angler that you know. Their worst tournament, it's not going to be a bomb. It's not going to be a bad yeah. tournament. You know, yeah. that, that that makes them a comfortable pick. You know, you don't ever know what kind of group they're in. But yeah, Drew Benton is a guy that you really need to consider every week on your fantasy league for sure. Yeah. So with that, we're going to, I guess me and KG, we're going to retie for a second here and come back and wrap up the show in a few minutes. So again, uh, tune into these words from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. (laughs) I think I always tie one on. From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visitlakehartwell.com. Welcome back for this final segment of the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by Trickstep. Now, if you ain't got a Trickstep and you're getting up in your boats the old-fashioned way, like I know, I, I, I kind of like what Drew said, I, I still feel I'm a bit young, but I know that uh, the joints don't get going and, and I know some of my buddies' boats, uh, they don't have them. And so sometimes I feel like I got to like do like the kind of climb over the fender and then kind of roll myself into it, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I don't got the flexibility that I used to. And I, obviously I'm not very tall. So, uh, you know, a, a boat on a trailer is a bit more uh, uh, of, a, of a higher obstacle for me to climb. But if you ain't got a trick step, uh, visit trickstep.com to uh, get yours. They make it for any boat, but go ahead, KG. You know, don't don't forget when you're launching your boat and you're back down in the water and you you gotta you gotta climb back there, get on the trailer and unhook yep. it from the trailer and all that. That water's awfully cold right now, just about every part of the country except maybe very south Florida. You don't want to be slipping in the water. So having that trick step right there makes it much easier to load and unload your boat without slipping in the water or having an accident. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think I, I all all their steps that it's got that um what is it that uh it's like a non-skid. Yeah, non-skid uh, 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 for all this. So you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna slip unless it's really icy or something like that. But for the most part, yeah, you ain't, you ain't got to worry about getting getting wet. Special boots you can you know uh, back it in, and then like I said, like you said, climb in or climb out uh, uh, on that trailer and unlo- to help you unload in or load your boat as well. So that's why the trick step is always like the first option that I order on my boat. And, and and I know that we've always mentioned this before in the past, but again, if, if you've got even an older boat, a smaller boat or whatever, they'll make a, they'll custom make them for you. Yeah. So more than likely they already have them ready for your boat because they, they've made so many of them now, you know, they'll, they'll custom make one for the first time, 
but then now they know how to do it. They, you know, they can continue that process. So they've got a lot of different options already, already pre-made. They, they stock a lot of parts. So there's a good chance they already have what you need on hand. And if not, it doesn't take them long to, to manufacture it. So, yeah, so don't be that guy or that uh, that angler without the trick step uh, on your trailer and for your boat. So uh, just going to go over a few tournaments. I know it's been a while since we've kind of done this, but uh, uh, what was it here? And I, I some of these, you know, I, I, I tried looking for them. But uh, again, if you have tournament results or a tournament calendar you want to share with me, feel free to dshong at englishhandle.com. Make sure you send them my way, and I'll make sure I get them published on our website. Um, but uh, just a few tournaments to kind of go over. The Carolina Anglers Team Trail guys were out on Whack-A-Mall, and the winners of that event with 1227 uh, was a team of Ricky Wood and John Duarte. Uh, and then uh, two ABA events, the D64 uh, Missouri guys were out on Table Rock Lake and winning that event. Eddie McMasters caught 1436 to win there with a 334 uh, kicker fish for him. And then the last event I have for uh, for uh, this week is the, again, another American Bass Anglers event. The D72 guys were out on Okani and Grant Kelly won that event with a 1496 bag with a 512 anchor. Uh, and I think the bigger, the biggest bass of the event actually was like a six something. So, uh, but tournaments are, well, some tournaments have been going on already for, especially for the guys that fish uh, fall through winter or springs for that, that, that ladder, you know, uh, third or fourth quarter, uh, starting third quarter going on, which I'm there. So, uh, but then again, like I said, if you've got events that you want to, calendars you want to share with me or results, dshong at anglerschannel.com that's d-x-i-o-n-g at anglerschannel.com and i definitely want to make sure that i uh put those on our website uh and I, i'm chipping away at the tournament calendar uh my couple of tunnels gonna kick in again uh, that old age is gonna get there but i'm promised i'll definitely get those in because i know uh, with some of you uh, the more northern uh series uh you guys don't start until about march or april so it gives me a little bit of time to recover but i'm trying to cover get those uh those tournaments up but like i said even results just give me it doesn't have to be anything fancy uh what was it top three whatever and if you want shoot a quick picture of the winners with your uh cell phone and shoot them over to me and i'll get i'll make sure we get them posted on our website but with that we're gonna go to the news portion the news and notes portion of our podcast here and uh the first one i wanted uh, i want to go over is the Texas Team Trail, they have opened up a chance to qualify for the Bassmaster Team Championship, which the winner of that whole um, tournament setup gets a invite to the Bassmaster Classic. But the highest... You, you, you mean you mean the one you start as a team and you end as an individual? Yeah, and that's what I say, that whole... Because that's again, you don't you don't win the whole thing. Well, you can win the event as a team, but you get the invite to the Classic by... Being the individual angler, right. uh, the, the greedier. Oh, I was joking, but <laughs> you, have, but, you yeah. have to beat your partner then, plus <laughs> plus four other guys. But uh, yeah, so the, but for them, the, the highest qualifying White River Marine uh, team will have a chance to qualify for the Bassmaster Team Championship. So for that, that's uh, uh, Ranger, Triton, and Nitro boat. So, but again, the highest qualifying White River Marine boat team will get an invite to the Bassmaster Team Championships. Um, BASS or Bass uh, has added Philip Johnson as their executive vice president of sales and business development. Uh, I don't know when he started, but I know that as a, as a recent thing that they've added as well. 
And then sticking with the whole bass thing, uh, the Females in Fishery Scholarship uh, that honors uh, former uh, conservation, uh, what was her position? I'm, I'm drawing blank, but Noreen Clow, uh, that scholarship, uh, the applications uh, go through April 15th, and they're giving away two scholarships to women that are pursuing a career, uh, an education and career in the uh, fisheries industry. So uh, if you've got someone you know that is pursuing that, definitely check that out. Check it out on Bassmaster.com. And then I think the last announcement that I have, which I think uh, which I think me and you both agree is a rather big announcement because uh, it seems that this area of the country, not that they get neglected, but they definitely get overlooked at when it comes to um, bigger events, I guess you could say. But the uh, there is a new championship out west uh, called the Western Bass Shootout. Uh, and it's a unified championship that invites the top performing anglers from the from four uh, uh, big leagues out west, which is the Apex Pro Tour, the Major League Fishing Toyota Series, the Wild West Bass Tour, and the One Bass. Uh, I believe they are inviting 10 anglers from each one, with the exception of the Apex Angler, I mean, the Apex Pro Tour, which they're inviting 20. And I'll, I'll go over that list of the, inv- the guys that qualified this year because that event is on the the Cal Delta out of Sacramento, which will be hosting it. And I believe the dates are. I want to say it was April, April 14th to 16th. But uh, the the English fishing that uh, represented the Apex Pro Tour first, uh, Scott Helson, Joe Oribe Jr., Thomas Kenemoto, Nick Cloutier, Colby Pearson, Randy Maccabee, Austin Beaujour, Matthew Nadeau, Nick Salvucci, Ken Ma, Nick Wood, Hayden Lee, John Pearl, a an Ish Monroe, Christian Ostrander, Luke Johns, Bill O'Shin, Tony Franceschi, John Jason Austin, and Austin Wilson. And then from the one bass side, uh, former Bassmaster Classic qualifier Justin Kerr, Brian Greer. Sean Coffey, Bill Brown, Micah Jones, Brandon Morton, Kevin Wiggins, Clayton Meyer, Franken Mueller, and Dalen Smith. From the Toyota Series side, you've got David Valdivia, Patrick Tui, Jordan Collum, Cody Spetz. I don't know if this guy's related to you, but Kyle Grover, Brett Lieber, John Strelick, Ricky Shabazz. Todd Klein and Randy Pearson. And then uh, lastly, representing the Wild West Bass Trail, you've got John Branch, Bo Jodry, or Jodry, Alex Klein, Carl Okerman, Mark Lassane, Lassane uh, Jake Boomer, Timothy Venkis, Harvey Pulliam, Mark Mello, and Jason Bradshaw. KG, your thoughts on this new unified championship from the West? Well, uh, my. I'll tell you the the thing that I'm excited most about it. Uh, well, other than the fact that that it is an opportunity for the Western anglers to have a true championship for themselves, it's something that they've wanted, needed for for years, and it's they finally uh, got it put together. But th- this is actually something these guys had to qualify for. This is something mm-hmm. that that was actually put in development before you know last season started, 
these guys fish these tournament trails this past season. You had to finish, you know, at a certain spot or, or better in order to qualify. I, I think there may have been some that that went beyond that. There were some maybe some double qualifiers or whatever. I, I don't I don't know the particulars, but I do know you had to qualify for this. Um, they they these anglers knew that before the season started. And, uh, you know, it didn't change. There weren't exemptions. There weren't buddies invited. It wasn't, a you know, a sponsor wanted an angler here. It wasn't because, uh, you know, a guy, you know, one boat 15 years ago. It was, These guys had to compete this past year in order to, to make this. It, is, it, it truly is a, a championship for those guys. So kudos for them to, for putting it together. Uh, kudos for bringing in uh, the the different organizations, um, yep. making making all that work. We you know we know from past history it's not easy at all um, trying to work with with multiple groups like that. Um, yep. So I, I'm excited about it. You know I know those guys have um, you know a lot of hurdles in some cases to overcome. We know a lot of the lakes you know out there the last couple of years have been heavy drought. Yeah. Fortunately, we do see, you know, in the news now that that that's starting to change. I'm starting to see a lot of the lakes. I saw a picture of maybe in Shasta, one of the lakes out there from uh, a picture from November and a picture just this past week. And it was a major okay. difference in water level. Um, so that that's good to see. Hopefully that will continue uh, and give these guys more opportunities to 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 be able to get out and, and fish more and have more options to fish. But needs to say there's a lot of really really good anglers out there a lot of those names that you spit out man are familiar to me i've heard them uh for years a lot of those guys have been very successful uh so it'll be exciting tournaments one that that um hopefully you know the angler community will pay attention to and watch it i think they're going to have maybe some live coverage or or tv coverage however they're going to do it i hope that uh that anglers in other parts of the country will take notice and, and, uh, you know, participate in that and watch it if it's live or if it's a TV show. And, uh, you know, hopefully it will kind of continue and, you know, who knows it, it may, it may grow from that, you know, maybe one day we'll have, um, maybe groups from different parts of the country come back, come to a, a, a national championship, you know, a Southeast and Northeast, uh, Midwest, uh, and a West, you know, yeah. it'd be kind of cool to see that it's a, at some point, you know, where, where guys, you know, there's there's stipulations of how you get there, and the guys that you know qualify for it get there. That you know that'd be kind of cool. But you know, you, you never know. You know, it's it's like I talk all the time. You know, I'm I'm all for opportunities for anglers, and this is just another opportunity for anglers. Uh, it's going to be a pretty good payback. Uh, and obviously, it's something. It's 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 in the infancy. So if it can grow and continue to, to you know get traction and all that, it could turn into a really big event for those guys. And I'm I couldn't be more excited for. Them. I'm 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 glad to see it happen. Yeah, I think like you said, one thing I know it's the first year, so that the hard part is kind of again um keeping it going year after year, uh, so that you know again like 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 you said, it's it can be hard to get you know some of these organizations to let you know to to kind of collaborate in the situation. But I know a lot of these guys they fish you know all these names. I'm pretty sure all these guys have fished whether in in these various different uh, whether it's the the four leagues that are mentioned here or you know in some other. Uh, West Coast type, you know, whether it's more regional uh, um, circuits and stuff like that. I know a lot of these guys have crossed paths and fished along, alongside each other for years, um, but definitely looking forward to, because again, like you mentioned, a very good payout. It's $100,000 for first place. Uh, and I think it's a Basscat Mercury added to that as well. So uh, a pretty hefty pr- prize for um, something like that. So definitely looking forward to see how this event goes and how it grows from here too. Cause uh, I, I like, like you said, uh, 
I know there's a lot, uh, you know, and this is again more of a regional event, but you know, again, just another way for the West guys, uh, West Coast guys, to to show out. Because I think other than that, the only other big event that they've got out there for now is the um, U.S. Open. So, right. yeah, and, so. and that is a really big event, been going yep. on for years. So that's, yep. but yeah, they they can certainly use more than than the one event. So I, yeah. I think there's there's room for this, obviously. The coordination looks like it's taking place and it's happening. So, you know, I just hope it just grows from there and continues. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely accept that's coming up except April 14th through the 16th. So that's coming up like within about over three months from now. So, uh, and then those guys will head out to the, again, Sacramento River, uh, I'm sorry, the Cal Delta. So uh, weights could be pretty good. Uh, I know that uh, I think the last few Guys, I've spoken with uh, whether it was through rookie podcast or like that when it, when they talk about the Cal Delta, I know it's been kind of decimated by the the seals out there. So, but um, but uh, but but it still pumps up pretty good weight. Just probably not as great as it used to be. But uh, I still think that you know again April uh, Cal Delta the weights should be pretty good. Some pretty nice uh, sizable bags, if not big fish, will be coming across the stage during uh, during that event. So, yep. Yeah, you know, even if the fishing stuff, it's going to be a great a great uh, stage for for that type of event. Um, yeah, and and it you know, it's a, it, it's an area where a lot of guys can kind of move around. And from what I understand, it's kind of centrally located, so you yep. know, it's not it's not kind of catering towards guys that may live in a certain area that you know because that is a pretty wide area yeah. uh, that these guys are coming from. But it is kind of centrally located. And a lot of those guys are familiar with it. It's all you know, it's, it's on all the major tournament series schedules so um yeah it should be a should be a really good event and i think i, I don't know without looking at the exact details where some of these uh, where some of these anglers come from but when we talk about west coast and a lot of people just think about they kind of default to california but some of these guys are from uh arizona i don't know how far east some of these guys really come from in terms of really being a true west coast angler not guys that decide to fish these events and travel all the way to the west coast but um you know you've got you know arizona uh oregon uh i'm not sure about washington if there's a, if there's a lot of washington anglers that fish but you know, again you got that whole entire west coast and then uh possibly i, I could possibly even be uh possibly even see like uh idaho you know guys yeah. that, that from there too so that's a lot of you know uh those guys travel a great amount of distance just to uh fish those events that uh, the, the series of tournaments uh that they had to qualify for this and then again so it's a, it's a it's a great amount of distance these guys are uh, traveling for this big event, but I think that um, having another big marquee event will help uh, make some of those uh, long hours on the road, extra long hours on the road for those guys, uh, worth it to be able to fish a, a high quality, high caliber event. Right. The, uh, the only other, I think, the only other news that I that I saw um, saw actually saw it today was uh, mm -hmm. NPFL. Yep. Um, had moved uh, their first tournament, uh, but now we know that it's going to be on Pickwick Lake. Yeah. Um, and that um, the championship is going to be uh, Amistad. Is that correct? Yes. Right. So Amistad, which was, I think, the first event, now got flopped to the last event of the year. And then, like you said, Pickwick is going to be the, is going to take place as the venue for that first event. So that was something that was recently announced. So, yep. And then, other than that, I got I do I guess I get a on this day in history as we record this because we're recording on the seventeenth of January, and on today, I guess twenty two years ago, uh, Dean Rojas caught the heaviest five fish single day limit 
and I'm not sure if it's all of bass fishing, but for sure on the Bassmaster side, that is the biggest five fish stringer on a single day, 45 two, which I know he did end up winning that event. I know he broke a hundred some odd pounds. Um, the first guy, I think, to break the century mark with uh, a winning four-day weight. But 45-2, Dean Rojas on Lake Toho 22 years ago, January 17, 2001. Made a big difference in his career from that point on. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if it's going to ever be broken. I know, it, it, again, with uh, obviously like how the day that record was sent, set, uh, all the stars have to really, really align for for that weight to, to be broken. Not that it can't be broken, but I know that uh, obviously with the uh, the Elite Series not starting till February, and even with uh, MLF going to a five, I'm sorry, the the Bass Pro Tour going to a five fish format. But then again, those guys are starting in February, which which depending on the venue, it might still work out. But yeah, but not, not only do things have to be perfect, but there's only a few locations in the country. Yeah. that you could pull up to and think that really could happen. I mean, it's not yeah. like any lake can, could, you know, really could, could produce that. There's only certain parts of the country. So yeah. the, the options for these guys at that level are, are kind of limited. But except you never know fishing. So it, it can definitely be possible. Um, but, but like I said, uh, like, like we both have reiterated that things have to really just, it's gotta be right place, right time and, and, and right location for everything to just, work out that way which i would definitely love to see if they hit 50 but again i guess you know that's basically five 10 pound fish average so <laughs> that uh, would be but, a magical moment for sure <laughs> but uh two more things before we close today's uh episode um what was it i don't know if uh, i know kg I, I don't know if people have heard and I, and again i like i kind of mentioned you might have to do a tiktok video to kind of let people know about it but did you get any any inquiries or any confirmations uh following up on your uh thousand uh, 100 yeah 1000 tiktok followers uh fishing trip giveaway i i have not gotten anyone to respond via email <laughs> so Either either no one listen listening ha- actually followed me, or no one actually wants to take me up on a fishing trip in North Alabama. Uh, you know, hey, that's okay. I- I'm okay but, either way. But is, is is it still open for people to hopefully reach out to you? And if so, how do they do that? If you're going to extend it a week or extend it, um, we'll, we'll keep it the same way. Well, yeah, I'll I'll extend it until people respond. How about that? Okay. Uh, yeah, just send me an email. It's Kenneth at FishingNorthAlabama.com. K-E-N-N-E-T-H at FishingNorthAlabama.com. Just Which, tell me tell me your TikTok handle. Uh, that way I can verify you're actually following me. And then uh, and then give me a way to contact you back unless you just want me to, to respond via email. Um, but yeah, that's all it takes. It's not hard. Which... Because we're talking about TikTok, kind of leads me to my next and my last thing for today, which is um, our pal Burl. Which I'm not sure if Burl still listens to us, but um, and I shared this in our in a text thread with us uh, amongst us. But uh, uh, you know, Burl's a friend uh, uh, on uh, Instagram uh, is, amongst is most he? of us. Uh, is he? I'm being nice here. I'm gonna call him a friend, but I'm gonna call him out though because of the fact that you know. So on on, on the story, and I don't. 
you know, I, I, you know, Burrow's been a bit more, he's definitely way more active on Instagram and doing stories on his own personal Instagram than I am. But, you know, I saw, you know, I saw that he posted a story and I'm like, oh, let me check to see what Burrow shared. You know, I know Burrow's been trying to, you know, sharing his, uh, his fishing adventures and his fish catches. So I'm like, let me see what he shared. And, and lo and behold, he shares his 2023 list. So maybe it's just a reflection of what he's heard so far, but I'm not going to give him that benefit of the doubt. But he shared it with us, his 2023 list of bass fishing podcasts. And uh, number one, which I'm not too surprised because they're kind of the OG, the, the originals in a way, was Bass Talk Live, BTL. But um, the biggest surprise to me was where we landed on his list and he has 17 uh podcasts that he listed uh on on the end that he shared publicly at least all amongst uh, publicly amongst his instagram friends but that was we landed number 14 out of 17 what's up with that bro <laughs> did we do something wrong or is or or is you know i mean chris is no longer here is, is that mean that it's going to go up or is it going to go down because chris is not here but uh yeah, what's up with that? We finished 14th out of 17 on your list of podcasts. You know, I, I don't know, Dave, but maybe we're lucky we were on the list at all. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, too. But I was like, you know what? Is, 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 uh, is a fishing trip with KG what's going to get us to be in the top three? You know, maybe even top two, you know? I, I don't know. Or, or uh, um, Look, I'm not into property. If he, think, if he thinks we're 14, <laughs> then I guess we're 14 to him. But yeah, all, all jokes aside, he's got to rub, you know, kind of just mess with Burl for a bit there. Cause I was like, wow, you know, Burl, you know, uh, uh, he, he doesn't think too highly of us, but hopefully we'll win you back uh, and uh, with our, uh, with our podcast here, Burl. But just want to just kind of play around and mess with you, Burl. Uh, but, you know, but again, thanks for just supporting, at least having us on your list. But like I said, hopefully we'll be able to move our way up there. <laughs> But other than that, it's time to put the rods away and put her back on the trailer. And so definitely just uh, continue to just uh, rate, review us. You know, again, if if you feel that you've got, whether it's guests, suggestions, and stuff like that, feel free to email me to dshong at englishhound.com. We're going to, this show will be, you know, we'll kind of change it up here and kind of figure out what's going to work best uh, with just the two of us, which I'm not saying it doesn't work now, but it, it'll change and we'll kind of figure out a, a, a format that uh, keeps the English channel um, format, but adds a KG and DX twist uh, to what we've done in the past. But again, uh, any suggestions or if not, feel free to rate, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. But until our next cast, KG. Don't take it personal.